André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 10, episode 15. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And we were hoping that we would be on here tonight celebrating three points against Fulham. Uh, but it's not quite been the case because the game's been postponed because of COVID. Um, but what can you do, eh? Um, so we thought instead we'll still pod and we'll go back and we'll talk a little bit initially about the game against Wolves, which finished one goal apiece. Um, was a bit strange, no? Like scoring after 50 seconds or whatever it was and then basically sitting on what we had and not having a I think it was not having a shot on target beyond the 17th minute of the game which is such a strange stat um, what, what did you make of it first what did you make well, of team selection because we played a different, slightly different formation didn't we with um, Ben Davis came in and Reggie sort of played as a left wing back left midfielder um, so what, what did you make of that first and foremost that's exactly where I was going to go it's, it was weird you know it just it didn't make sense it was like we were testing something out or I don't know it didn't really makes sense it was it was let's see what the team was it was Larice, sanchez dyer davis and then doherty reggie and then winks and hoiberg and then and dombele son and kane i think something like that it was a bit weird and then the substitutions while well, we were, were weird as well with bergwine coming on for reggie and then Sissoko coming for and dombele and then lamella coming on for son like reggie for bergwine i know that was all about just moving to straight four four two it didn't really change the game. Mm. Um, it was it was weird and a bit disappointing to be honest. But out of all of our players, the it was Endon Belly and Davis had the best games. And Davis had one of the toughest jobs going because he was just up against Traore all the time. And Traore hasn't been playing. It was weird. He was brought back in for this game, but he was just brought in just to run at our fullbacks. I think he's a decent player that Traore. Yeah, like it's just very very effective, and it's like. I think he would be one of them. If you're a fullback in the Premier League, I think he's one of the most feared opponents because not yeah. because he does, you know, amazing things. Like if you compare him to like a Sterling or Mares or Salah, do you know what I mean? Who like have, have, can do pretty much everything. Traore really is rapid and he's so strong. Yeah. And his final ball has actually got a lot better the last year. But you'd be terrified to play him. Because so, you just know for an hour and a half, this guy's going to get the ball and he's just going to run through me. And it's like, how how am I going to go about stopping that? Because he's so quick. He's he's like a rugby winger more than a football yeah. winger. He's just he's just a, a unit. Um, and I think it, it feels like he's got more pace than a lot of other players. Like Son has got raw pace. I don't even think Sterling's got the same pace that Traore's got. Traore's just rapid, and he he just uses it all the time. And he does go inside, does go outside. He's a great player. Would you take him at Spurs? Um. It's one of them, isn't it? I think that I think that most teams would be happy to have him as someone that's on the bench, just to, purely just for that pace, like because he's like, he's not the best footballer yeah. in the world, right? He has got a lot better, and I feel like, like we had this conversation with Gareth a few years ago where someone asked a question about him, and he was like, "No, he's terrible. He's just quick." Um, with Traore. He's, like I said, his, his assists, his crossing, his goals have massively improved in his game. The stats m- might not show a huge improvement, but whenever I watch him play now, it's like he can link play. Whereas before, yeah. he was like an, he was like Andrews Townsend. He'd get it, sprint to the other end of the pit, and then wouldn't really know what to do with it. Um, so, you know what? I probably would have him as a squad player. He's not somebody that I'd be absolutely buzzing for us to 
go and try and get. Um, but I think that's a squad play. We, I think most, like I said, I think most sides would have him. Yes, yeah, so a I, I think I'd take him, I suppose. But it was just th- then the game started and we got a corner. I don't think Wolves touched the ball by the time. Obviously, there was a deflection, but apart from that, we we scored a great goal, Davis and Don Belly. It reminded me a bit of the goal he scored against Villa in his first game for us at the beginning of last season, outside the box, side-footed, really smart finish. It looked like it was one of those ones that took a deflection but didn't. And he was brilliant. Him and Davis were outstanding. Um, Doherty, you thought he had something to prove because he came up with them from like League One, didn't he? Like League One Championship um, into the Premier League. Didn't have the greatest game. No one. You'd think with Doherty as well that this was a game where he's sort of back in his proper position as a wing back, like being able yeah. to, you know, gallop up and down that right hand side and get into the box and get crosses him because I felt a little bit sorry for him because he's been playing as a bit more of a conventional fullback really this season. It's like you can still go forward, but it's not quite he's got to be thinking defensively first. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, you know, the last 18 months where he's been so good at walls, it's just about how can I get forward and, and create opportunities. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a shame for him because it's an op- he's been in and out the side as well and you just fought, you know, three at the back against your old team. It's a chance for you That's to... It. And Aurea's last performance as well, which was dreadful. It was like, this seems like a chance to really grasp that position. But I don't quite know if he's necessarily done enough. I think the only thing that might keep him in is is the Aurea's last performance. <laughs> And whether or not they're yeah. still furious but with weirdly, that. that's the anomaly because actually Aurea's been performing really, really well. He has been good this season. Yeah. Um, the game, I mean, we all saw the game. We didn't deserve, I just, I don't like the XG, you know, the goals, expected goals stat. I'm not a big fan of it because if anyone who hasn't seen it, it, it looks at your expected goals by judging the quality of the chance and the likelihood of the team and the individual to score it. So if you have an XG of three you're like you are expected to score three goals against the team you're against right we had an xg in the second half of 0.03 like i didn't even know it went to two decimal places but that means we'd have to be playing 33 games in the way that we played in that second half of 33 halves before we'd score a goal on average like that it, it wasn't good and i don't want to be too negative but it didn't feel like there was a plan like it, it felt like the way we play if we were one nil up two nil up nil nil it just there was nothing and i think teams have worked us out i think if you defend if if you just man mark kane just have at least one person within a, a foot of him and just block that ball we, we're toothless we really are toothless and it's it's quite depressing to see where it's okay against Chelsea away or City when you go and get four points from those two games, but against Wolves where you're one nil up, they're on they've had a bit of a poor run of form. You should be going out and dominating those teams. We've got better players than in every position, and we don't. And what it the the, the negative way that we're setting up, what it does is it nobody fears us because all it does is is set up a puzzle in front of t- people that isn't frightening at all. It's just how are you going to break us down? Whereas you ever look at the teams who who win leagues, they they go, maybe there's a bit of how do you break us down, but it's also we're going to come at you and we're going to beat you. We we don't go out to beat teams and that that's that's the depressing thing. And after the game against Wolves, it was the first time I saw people who aren't just staunch potch lovers 
starting to go, you know, I saw a few people say, you know, is it is it Jose out time? Because this isn't what we signed up for, I don't think. I'm not even sure it's going to win us a trophy anymore because it's it's it looks like we're just playing for a draw. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I think that whenever you're going through a four or five game run where you're not getting results, regardless of who the manager is and what the style is, you're going to be you're going to be getting criticised, right? And yeah. I think it's the same situation as what's going on with Lampard at Chelsea at the minute. You know, we think back to six weeks ago, Chelsea were one of the title favourites and people were saying, what an amazing job Lampard's doing there. All of a sudden, you know, Lampard might not have all the answers for Chelsea anymore. And it might be that mm. they're going to have to have a look at making a change. And I just, you know, Man United all of a sudden, Solskjaer's the Messiah and they're second. And it's like in a month ago, People were saying the United are even going to finish in the top half. Like, when is Solskjaer going? Who are they going to bring in? It all changes. All of a sudden, the other lot in North London have shown a couple of wins together, and all, and Arteta's the man that's going to lead them out. <laughs> so it's like it's it's really really mad at the moment because it, everything is just extremes. Yeah, and I do think that that's really reflected in the results that we're getting because it's either like. We're, we're, we're brilliant and we're lethal on the counter-attack and teams cannot handle us or we can do or we're doing nothing there isn't that sort of consistency in the middle which is where like you know you really as a fan you want to be going into pretty much every game knowing that you're going to get a seven out of ten from most players and and, mm. and the team as a whole um but at the minute we're not doing we're not doing that right we're getting eights and nines or we're getting twos and threes and that that's obviously a, a massive challenge for us. Plan B, um, mm. we know how Spurs play under Jose, right? We we like to sit back and we like to create space in behind for our quick players like Son and Lucas Moore, Bergwijn, Bale, when he plays, whatever, to, to run in behind, right? And we get it into Kane's feet. Like everybody knows how Spurs play. When teams stop that, we're struggling. Um, look, you obviously... Look, Rightly so, you can criticise Mourinho for not having a plan B, right? But this is this is football and this is Tottenham. And I think that most sides struggle with and don't have a plan B. Like Again, I think we spoke about this with Van the other week. It's like, think back to Pochettino, think back to Redknapp. Like, when teams stopped us doing what we were good at, it's difficult to find ways to win football games when other teams stop your strengths. Like It really yeah, is. Yeah. So, you know, think back to this season when we've beaten... Um, City, for example, like we stopped them playing the way the game they wanted to play, and they looked really, really average. And it's like we mm. beat, them, it's like brilliant. But then all of a sudden, when sides start doing that to you, you then start questioning absolutely everything. Like, is my is the approach that we're taking correct? Is this the right manager? All this stuff. And I think, I think it's just important to try to take the emotion out of it and understand that we've just not been very good for the last four or five games. And I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm happy to accept that because I'm not like, I want us to be, you know, I want the performance against Man United where we beat them 6-1 every single week, right? That is, that was literally the perfect performance, that game. And I want to be seeing that every single time we play. But it's not, it's not as straightforward as that, is it, with football? And it's like, you're going to have periods where you're not playing that well. Things are not going against you. I think that the next week that we've got, well, the next two games... Leeds in the league and then Brentford in the cup are, are massive, absolutely massive games for us. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that Brentford one, because, you know, Jose ultimately has been brought in to try and break this trophy problem that we've got. Um, so, to, you know, to not beat Brentford and not get into the final would, 
that would be a real, real confidence breaker for us. So I think it's a big week ahead. But I think the point, I think they're valid points that you've made there. I think that we just still got to try and figure out what do we do in games where we don't need to sit back. And that's the thing yeah. for me. I think against the bigger sides, like the te- basically teams that are better than us, we seem to have a game plan and we look pretty good in those games. Mm. But I don't particularly want to see us sitting back against Leicester or Wolves. Because I think we're I think we're better than them. I think we can play a more open game of football um, and be better. I think that Jose probably still has some trust issues after that West Ham game. Like that feels to me like we cocked that game up and then it massively it was like right handbrakes on now and we we defend more and we don't give stuff away. Um, so look, I think he needs to tweak a few things. But there was some stats that I think you might have shared in our WhatsApp group around the types of goals that we're conceding. I've got them in front of me. So we've only, we've conceded 15 goals so far in the Premier League. That's, and that's 10 from set pieces, two own goals, one major deflection and one and two from open play. And more than half of them have, because eight of them have come in the last 10 minutes. Mm. So that it's, what he has done is he's shored up the back. We've, um, the other thing that's interesting is 12 of them have been con- in the second half. Eight of them have been conceded after the 80th minute. So that's a real problem there, right? Yeah. But the, but we were conceding far more goals. I, how many games have we conceded more than one goal in? Um, yeah. Liverpool, Leicester, or was that 1-0? Yeah, Leicester, like, no. Yeah, so like we, we're not getting hammered at, at any point. It's just how much, how much have we sacrificed in order to make that? And I get your point on people stopping us from playing, but it, it feels like all we do is stop the other teams from playing mm. and then rely on luck. It doesn't feel like there's a plan to score. It feels like more you go, right, you've got two of the world's best players, go mm. and they're going to sort something out. And it, it's worked, but like West Brom was too late. And then you go, like, if you just play open against them, you, you can beat them be four nil up at half time. And then you you're right, like I feel like, you know, we're going into I think the ninth year of this podcast and my my what, what the way I've always tried to be is always just look at the longer term thing. If you lose a game, you lose a game, but have a look at the long term trend. And it's at what point does it stop being a bad four or five games and become a right, there's a problem here. And then is it players, is it Mourinho? Because I think what he's done here is you, you can interpret it in many ways. And obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit biased at the minute because it's very depressing to watch. It's it's not, I, I don't mind if it's fun to watch, but we still lose, like Leeds. It's, but when it's, I, there's, I'd rather watch Arsenal and Chelsea at the minute, but just because it's just more fun to watch their football. And I think the problem I've got with it is it could be arrogant where Mourinho goes, I'm going to set up a team that can't lose. I'm going to set them up with, Super, incredibly defensive with one player ahead of the ball and so if we lose or if we don't get the, the performance we want it's the player's fault whereas that feels a bit negative and even potentially a bit arrogant where it's where uh, there's no risk involved and I think you have to take chances and there has to be risks in order to win the game there's very few games you can just control out and that's why we love football right it, because if it was just if you're a better team then you always win then it'd be very boring rugby's a bit more like that whereas football you they, there has to be risks because there's unknown so you have to go out and take chances and it just feels a bit it just feels very negative um yeah. and I, I don't think it's a is that and the Tottenham way I'm not it's not about that it's just a 
you know, after we beat City and Arsenal, I thought we could win the league because there was a very clear plan on how we operated, but it just, oh, it's all a bit negative. And Brentford's going to be a real test because they're very aggressive. And that, that's why they are where they are. They've knocked out Premier League opposition and they, they, they're they here because they, they attack. I used to live in Brentford. Have I told you about that? No, I didn't my, know that. My, uh, my first house in London was, was in Brentford. Uh, well, yeah, it was a TWA postcode. Well, it was amazing because the road I was on, Lana Road North. Um, so Ealing, which is W5, like the, the border for Ealing went around and it, all the streets next to us was it. But then Brentford popped up just for one street. So it's like a mm. finger into um, the W5 postcode. And that was my TWA postcode. And I'm sure my rent was cheaper for it. But I used to live like really close to their old mm. ground. And obviously everyone knows that they're, there was a pub on all four corners of it, but I think they're also the only team in the UK to have a hundred percent European record because they played in a in a European trophy for when they had it for the lower leagues and they they played an Italian team I think twice and won and so they've all, they're the only team that's got that's a class. <laughs> I could be super wrong as well. No, I'm going to check that. But, um, um, just on the, I just sorry, I think, yeah. No, no, no I, I thought you made some some really good and interesting points. I think I just loaded up the, the Premier League table at the minute, and obviously you've got Liverpool who are, who are currently playing now, right? Their games only just kicked off, but as things stand, they've played 16 games and they're on 33 points. They'll probably be 35 for them. You know, if they win that, we'd have a game in hand and we'll be nine points behind Liverpool, right? Which is you know, you win that game and it's six. You know, Liverpool don't lose games. So I think it's going to be difficult for us to, to win the league. You're looking at it. It's such a tight league. And it's like we're seventh at the moment, which just feels crazy considering where we were a couple of weeks ago. Like we we were going into that game at Anfield being like, if we win, we're top. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're now seventh. Um, United are second with 30 points. Like Leicester, who are having an amazing season, uh, three points in front of us. We've got a game in hand. It's like we win that game in hand, then you know we're we're third. It's like that's what's that's what's really yeah. really strange with it at the moment. And then on the on the flip side of that, we're only six points in front of Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like what's like what's going on? Like if Leeds beat us at the weekend, they go level on points with us. It's it's, it's just it's just like it's so strange. Like we could lose to Leeds at the weekend, and Leeds Leeds and West Ham could be above us. Like it's so strange and. You've also got to remember that, you know, City are eighth, you know, yeah. again, same number of points as us. They've got two games in hand over Liverpool. And like I said, this isn't me justifying the poor no. results that we've had, but I think it's just important to take into account that, you know, Liverpool top, United second, then it's Leicester, Everton, Villa. And it's like, it's just a really, really odd season. Yeah. Um, and we've just, look, I think every team this season, probably apart from Liverpool, is going to go through a five six game run where the results are pretty poor um just because the, you know everything so far this season's shown me that that's going to be the case so i don't think it's panic stations yet i think that there'll be a lot of people panicking if we lose the next two um but i don't think we will do that like i think that i think the Leeds game and we were speaking about this earlier i think that's going to actually be a really really good game because yeah. they will come at us you know, they're not going to hold back. They will put literally they're a team that played on the front foot to a crazy level. Um, so they will commit so many bodies forward. So, you know, the way that we've been playing with, you know, counter-attack, Kane, Sun, Bergwijn, you just think, well, surely that's tailor-made for us. But then on the flip side, Leeds like teams that sit off. 
to like, is that a game that's tailor-made for them? So I, I think that that's actually going to be a really, really good game. And that could be a game that the scoreline really could end up being a cricket score, I think, in that. Um, yeah. Their defence their defense is shocking as well, like absolutely shocking. So I'd fancy us to, you know, to score some goals. They've let in 30 goals in 16 league games. Yeah, well, I think we'll score again. It, it depends. Jose's a really good tactician, right? He, he knows how to understand a team. There's there's a there's documents online of his the work he when he was in Barcelona starting his career and the the notes that he used to do. They're an incredible read. Um, he, and he'll understand that the way that Leeds play can be picked apart very very easily. And I we are better than them. And I think this is the game where we will show. But we will. I guarantee you that there will be goals in that game. That won't be nil-nil or one-nil. Um, there will be. Uh, Brentford played in the Anglo-Italian Cup in 1992-93 season. Um, they lost to Derby in the uh, in the in the finals in the semi-finals. I had an old neighbour, um, a guy called John, who's a massive, massive Brentford fan. Oh really? I would go. Well, I know he had a home sister, but he do a they do a lot of away games as well, mm. like proper die-hard fan like just was absolutely loved it um and he used to live two houses down and like where it used to be the funniest was when they had when they were playing qpr because that's the big derby for them and it's like yeah. in the run-up to that game you could like when, when you bump into the street you could see the anxiety and the stress yeah it just it makes me laugh because i'm like how can you be stressed brent for qpr but obviously to him that's as big as Tottenham arsenal is to us and it's like we get stressed in that week, don't we? And then it's like then they get the result, like they win one nil, whatever. And you see him the next day, and he's just absolutely buzzing. Yeah. A little bit hungover as well, probably. Um, it's brilliant. But he, because they've moved into their new stadium now as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he got a ticket through the ballot for their first game. Ah, uh, no way. It was fans restricted because of COVID as well? So, but he managed to get get a ticket and go to that, which I thought was pretty good. That is brilliant. What, what game? What game's bigger? Leeds or Brentford? Bigger in what sense? If you, can, if you can pick one of them to win and one of them to lose, what one are you winning? Right, you have to win Brentford. You have yeah. to win that, right? You have to win that. And I think you'll put out the, the B team with a couple of A's in there. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, it, it's Brentford because the, the league, we're not going to win the league. I don't think anyone's going to, like, apart from Liverpool, are going to win the league, frankly. It's, it's more about the Champions League places. I'm relatively confident we'll make it there. I mean, Arsenal, I watched Arsenal. The 1-0 was unlucky and mm. they destroyed Chelsea. That was the weirdest game this season so far. So that, that I don't see Arsenal, like they will fall back because they're not very good. Like they, they, they don't have a very good team. And then um, Leeds, I, I still think we'll be, I think we'll win both. Brentford's obviously big because then we get to a final. City and United, who knows how we play against them now, but we've beaten both of them. And also, Brentford, I think Brentford as well can't be taken lightly because I know they're a championship side, but there is no difference between the top half of the championship and the bottom half of the Premier League. Like there is, there is absolutely nothing in that. You could take pretty much any three sides from the top half of the championship, swap them with three teams in the bottom of the Prem, and their points tally would be pretty similar. Like there wouldn't be a, really a great deal of difference in the results. So it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever. And for Brentford, like. That is like the, that's a huge game for them. Like playing against Jose Mourinho team, Harry Kane, Son, Bale. Like, do you know what I mean? Some of the biggest, best players in the world. Like, so whenever you have these cup ties, you know the, the, these sides always raise their game and they make well, it difficult. 
Look who they've beaten. Southampton, 2-0. West Brom, beat on penalties. Fulham, Newcastle. I wouldn't want to play Southampton, West Brom and Newcastle in a cup game right now. Like, I know they, they'll, they'd prioritise the league and so probably put out a weaker squad team, but they, they, they're not in this by accident. And that they've they've played the tough they played tougher games than we have. If we played Chelsea and Stoke, yeah, we got we got a bye against Orient, didn't we? Yeah, so that's a massive. It's a really big game, and then we're in a final for the first time in ages. You know, since we lost to Chelsea four two probably in that. Well, no, that was that was a semi final, was it? So, yeah, we lost that's... Chelsea. I think it was in Potch's first year. We lost 2-0. Yeah, I went to that with Noah, and that was that's the only final I've seen Spurs oh, apart from the Champions League final. And that weirdly, even though I walked out when Chelsea were winning, all the Spurs fans were really happy for some reason. But that's four two. Everyone remembers uh, what's his face's goal. Um, Matic. Yeah, Matic. My brain is just gone. But the um, there's a pass for Ericsson for Delhi where he puts it, he swings it in behind David Luiz and Delhi just has to one-touch it into the, the roof of the net. That's one of the best goals Tottenham scored it in the mm. Pochettino. Yeah, Brentford. I'm just, are, you, are you the same? I, I, 100%. It's like, like the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about as well is that, when well, we spoke about this a few times on this podcast, about Jose Mourinho's style of football. And, mm. the, it's, and I saw a lot of this the last few weeks on, on Twitter. It's not the Tottenham way. Right, and a lot of Bill, Bill Nicholson quotes and all that. It's not just about winning; we have to win well. Um, yeah. For me, that's the ultimate formula, right? You play fantastic, dominating football. You score goals, you keep clean sheets, you win every week, and make like amazing. Who would not want that? But there's a point of like you've got to be slightly realistic. And I think for me, pot, the Pochettino reign was fantastic, and it was it's probably my favourite reign like period at Watford's that. Um, but we're at a point now where we need to win a few things. Like we do need to get some trophies in the bag. And I think that if we have a Mourinho, a typical Mourinho reign, like basically what he did at United, where he gets a few trophies in the bag, the football's not, not dreadful to watch, but it's not the best. And it all ends in tears. I just think that we're at a point where we need that now. Like we, yeah, yeah. Because the longer it goes on, do you know what I mean? Like the last time we won something was the League Cup in 2008. And it's like 12 years a long time. It would be 13, won't it, by the time, if you know, yeah. if we did that. It would be the 13th year without winning a trophy. It's like, I think that that must be the longest, one of the longest runs that we've not won something. Um, and the record in the FA Cup as well is just so bad. Like, it's like, it? it's, bad. it's like, I haven't seen in my, in my lifetime, Spurs haven't made an FA Cup final. And it's like, that that is pretty bad. So like, look, the league's your bread and butter, and we, we have to finish in the top four this season. Like, we have to, because we've seen it with United, we've seen it with Arsenal. Like, you drop out of them Champions League places, and you think, oh, it's fine, we'll get back in it next year. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, three, four seasons since you've played Champions League football, it's like it's yeah. difficult to get back in. So we have to get in the top four, and I agree with you that I'm confident that we will do that, because, you know, if, we, if we're looking at that, the, the whole season so far... You know, I still see more reasons to be positive about us finishing in, in at least the top four than I do negative. Yeah. Um, that's the absolute must. And I do think that he's under a lot of pressure with having to deliver that trophy this year. I think, you know, I think if he finished outside the Champions League places and didn't win a trophy, I mean, that would be... There, there would be a lot of people calling for him to be out, wouldn't there? Um, but I don't think that would be the case. I think, I, I, I genuinely, I think that he'll get us in the top four. And I think that League Cup 
I, th- I really do think that, that that's a great opportunity for us to to go on and win. Um, so yeah. I think it's important that I think that Mourinho and the whole team are being criticised at the minute, which is completely fair because we're not getting the results. And if you play a certain way like we play and don't get results, you're going to get absolutely battered for that. Like there's, that, no, there's no getting away from it. It's like that is probably the worst combination is the, the defensive football and not getting results. Like yeah, people yeah. would probably rather see like Pep Guardiola teams playing out from the back and giving goals away and, lo- and not winning matches that way because it's yeah. like it's perceived sure. you're trying to do the right thing, right? You're trying to play football in the way that fans want to see it. So we've got to bounce back from that. And again, it's like it's a test of our mentality, really. Like, are we going to roll over and crumble because we've we've had some bad results, or are we going to actually like suck it up? Uh, and, and and get on and get on with it. Um, Ooh, the, the January the January window looms as well, doesn't it? Um, I was just going to talk about that. I've got the players who are out of contract in 2021 who we can talk to in January and sign them on a pre-contract. Um, obviously, everyone's seen these, but Messi, Aguero. I don't think we've got any chance of signing them. Özil, don't think we want him. David Alaba from Bayern Munich, decent player. Is he out? Is it, his contract's out? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, men- I find men- that incredible. Yeah, right. Memphis Depay from Lyon, decent player. Mm. Gigi Wijnaldum, but he's obviously, I think he's either going to Liverpool or Barcelona. Excellent. Then Milik from Napoli, decent player. Angel Di Maria. Um, Wijnaldum from Liverpool is an excellent player. Like, he yeah, is yeah. really, really good. Like, again, I'm shocked that Liverpool are, um, have yeah, not got tied up there because he's going to go for nothing. Like, really. He's, he's either going to sign the contract to go to Barcelona, and that, that's crazy. Um, Julian Drexler at PSG, mm-hmm. uh, Ramos as well. There's rumours that we've that made inquiries as to for that. That would be amazing. Uh, do, you Giroud, think, do you think that'd be amazing, Ramos? Just for that captain, we don't lose scoring goals in the 95th minute. Like, be a bit of a bastard. Like he is Mourinho's. He's a Mourinho captain all day long, right? Yeah. I just um. I'm. Do, I mean, like the, the case in point really is like. Thiago Silva, right? He's come in and he's he's been good for Chelsea. He had a really dodgy first game, but on the whole, he's been really good for them. I just brilliant. always get nervous about signing older centre back. Like, what's Ramos? 33, 34. Like, I just get nervous about signing them at that age. I know what you mean. The Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Look, Ramos, Ramos, there's a case that Sergio Ramos is the greatest centre back ever. Yeah, like, yeah. genuinely there is a really strong case for that if you're looking at honours and, and what he's done like there won't be many that better him but I don't I don't know if that would be no, it. I don't I wouldn't Giroud. be disappointed if we got him Giroud I actually thought that we should have gone for Giroud last yeah, last yeah. season um I think the way that we're playing now I don't I don't I don't think that would really work like I know he's a big lump on that but he just doesn't have the mobility he has got no mobility. <laughs> so I, I think that would be. I'm not. Yeah, I like. And also we've got we've got Vinny, haven't we? Who like in the Europa League games and that has done well. Like I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing him a little bit more where possible. Yeah, in, Wasn't even on the bench against Wolves. Yeah, which is a little bit of a funny one because he. I mean, he's a big lad. Like he is, and he's like he's he's strong. Like he but he can run as well, can't he? That's what Quick. surprised me the most with yeah. him. Like when I've seen when I, when we signed him, I've like, I'd never heard of him. So, so you do the thing, didn't you? you go online and you do, you watch some of his clips. Like, yeah. You see him and you think, oh, he's gonna. He's basically like a crouch. He's a target man. 
God no, like he runs the channel, he bullies it. It reminds me of like a, just a better version of um, Wood at Burnley. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like just yeah, no, not nice to play against. All right, uh, Lingard. I've never understood what Lingard brings to any team. Like I don't get it. I don't know. I, literally, I remember, four, I remember two, three, being at, at Spurs Man United game at the old ground when Lingard was in the team. Me saying like, I I used to quite like Jesse Lingard. Like I thought he was I thought he was decent. I I think what's weird is like Jesse Lingard is really suited to like what football is now, which is high energy, high pressing. It's yeah. not about being technically technically fantastic at, at the minute. It's not. Um, and like number tens don't really exist. It's like it's just not really what football is. I mean, he hasn't played for what two seasons. Yeah, I just don't know where he plays. If he's a number ten, he's a dreadful. It's it's one of those ones where if he came through the QPR academy or Leeds or yeah. Norwich, that's his level. But because he's come through Man United, he he he's a bit like Winks for me. Like he hasn't progressed. He hasn't done enough. He's not good enough for the level he's at. He'll drop down a a class of team and he'll probably be very good for that team he's the kind of guy for me that will go to West Brom on loan for the rest of the season <laughs> yeah like do pretty That's exactly it and yeah. then in the summer on a free sign a five-year deal at West Ham for about 100 yeah, yeah. and a week <laughs> and then just not play again uh Johnny Evans on a free good experience and a half he is be, a be very, very underrated player very, very, very good. Um, He's very good. I was, actually, I was actually talking to Sam, my brother, about Johnny Evans last week, and I was saying that I would rather, I'd rather Johnny Evans than Sanchez. Probably, but over Ramos. No, not over Ramos. Victorian and Chalagnog, Chalhanoglu uh, from Roma Milan. The one, there's Boateng, Jerome Boateng from Bayern Munich as well. That, yeah. that he. The problem is he's obviously brilliant. Um, and one of those ones where the two brothers play for different international countries because he yeah. plays for Germany and Kevin Prince plays for Ghana. Um, but all I can think of when I think of him is him being sat down by Messi in that yeah. game because in one of the greatest Champions League goals, in one of Messi's greatest goals ever, yeah. that's worth a look. Uh, that was such a weird game that as well, wasn't it? Because like Bayern held them for like mm. 75 minutes and then Barca just or Messi just went bang, bang, bang. And it was 3-0, wasn't it? They scored three goals in, like, was it 10 minutes towards the end? It was just amazing. Um, the the one, the single one I'd go for here is Donnarumma from AC Man. He's still very young. Is he available on a free transfer? Yeah, he's falling wow. out of the fans, isn't he? And I think you go in, um, apparently you've room for him, but Donnarumma, how old is he? He was born in 1999, so he's a very, very young man. <laughs> He's younger than my brother. Yeah, but he's been around for so long because didn't he start at something like 16? He's yeah. a fantastic goalkeeper. And like Poch is going to PSG, sell Hugo, love Hugo, but sell Hugo while, while we can, because he's, what, 33, however old he is, make some money. You can go captain PSG, you can start to go home, although I think he's from Monaco or he's from he's from a rich part of France. We make it, we give him a six, give Donnarumma a six-year deal and we've got him on a free. We can save some money. We can save the Hugo money. Um, I, I, it's win, win, win for me. That's, that's mad that he's available. You know what? Like we do have to start thinking. Like, I know me and you differ. Our, our opinions of Larice do differ. Um, in that you, you know, massively okay. rate. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I don't think he's an absolutely super, you know, superstar. But like, 
there is going to come a point where, because he's just turned 34, isn't he, Hugo? That yeah, that's it. You do have to start thinking about, right, what, you know, what are we going to do for, with the goalkeeping situation? We haven't had to really think about that for a while, really since he's been brought in. We haven't, it hasn't been a position where we've worried. And I don't think we're at that point yet, but it, it, you do start to think, right, where are we going to turn to? Because I know goalies can play on until they, you know, like Brad Friedel or until they're about 60. Um, but it depends how much his performance levels drop and all that. But it's something you need to think about. Look, for me, look, the goalkeeper Donnarumma stats are available. We should be, you should be trying to bring him in in January and pay yeah, yeah. a price fee and saying, look, sign in January, move over, spend the next six months getting yourself settled. You're going to be number two for the rest of this season. Um, just worry about getting settled and getting used to life because he's still a young man. And then for, as of next season, you know, number one jersey's up for grabs. Like, I can't believe he's, you know, that, Crazy, that's, he could be someone that Man United looked to. I, I, I don't know, unless you're one of five teams, so City, Liverpool, Bayern, maybe Barca, who have got just got the best keepers in the world, mm-hmm. maybe Ajax. Everyone should be going for him. I, I don't know why Juventus, he wouldn't. Juventus is the logical one, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah. Chesney's there. He's way better than Chesney. He's young, mm-hmm. Italian. Like, yeah. it, would be, it wouldn't be like a, a massive culture shift for him to, to go from Milan to Juventus. No. Like, that that seems like the logical one. And, you, and, you know, it's Juventus, isn't it? So it's like, yeah. but there's some, like, that feels like one of the strongest yeah, like, yeah. of players that are available on free. Well, the, the last one is Eric Garcia from Man City. The one, there's a bit of a tug of war with him with City and is it Barca? Yeah, he'll end, up, he'll end up back at Barca. Yeah, he? He like, they just have that pull Barca, don't they? Like, if you've come through their academy, at some point you're going to want to go back. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the first place I started working professionally, it doesn't exist anymore, but if it did, I'd, I, I would always want to go back. It's, yeah. it's just because it's, it's where you're from. Isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. But I mean, some great players there. I think. Where do you think we need to strengthen, in, or do we need to in January? Well, there was talks about Ericsson, and I just there was a tight. I had a whiff of oh maybe, but then I just it, it you know you've got Kabul coming back, which worked out well. Keane came back and worked out quite well. Defoe worked out very well. Pascal uh, Yeah, he he was there. So <laughs> it came back as manager. That was one of the worst periods of my life, and. I don't know. It's it's. Teddy Sheringham is probably one of the. Teddy, yeah. Back, yeah. And Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bale. Bale. We haven't talked about Bale. He's just. Maybe we'll talk about it next after next time he plays. Just a bit disappointing. Um. Well, sorry. Where do we need to strengthen? Uh, it's difficult because we've got. I think Stephen Bergwijn when when he's back, I think he'll be a massive addition back to the squad. I think he yeah. does a lot of the work. He, he, he works incredibly hard off the ball and gives us balance and an outlet that we don't have. Mora doesn't quite... Mora gives the ball away too much. Mate, and, and Don Ballet's been brilliant. I think we've got quite a nice balance. I'd actually quite like just to get rid of some players, frankly. Would you get rid of Delhi if an offer came in? Delhi, Winks, and then if we had the strength and if we could improve on Sissoko, mm. I, would, that, I would do that. But if we could... Yeah, I, I, I'm all right with the squad, to be honest. I am. I don't. I think that that we have to be careful in the January window of getting rid of players because it's like yeah, it's I think I think anybody that's listening knows my views on Delhi. I think I, I absolutely he's one of my favourite players to watch. Delhi when he's on his game, he's brilliant. We've spoke about that he needs to reinvent himself and become a different type of player now. Yeah, but yeah. 
that's the kind of move that would make you nervous. Like getting rid of somebody like him in January is like, what are you really going to gain from that? Because you're unlikely to be able to go, like, let's just say we sold him for 45 million, right? I'm just chucking a number out at random, right? Cool, we've got a load of cash. Who really in January can you go and get? But that's what the challenge mm-hmm. is, where it's like deals in the summer are, are much more realistic if you want to be bringing big players in. Um, so I think we've just got to be careful about not falling into the trap of letting too many of the squad players go. Because then all of a sudden, you know what it's like, you get a few injuries and then you're scrapping around thinking, God, we ain't got any players all of a sudden. Uh, And that's the same with Davidson Sanchez. Like, I'm not a massive Sanchez fan. And I think if an offer came in around about what we paid for him, I think we should sell him. Um, But not in January, because it's like then all of a sudden you you back yourself into a corner. It's like, right, we need to go and find a centre half now. Because if Sanchez goes, then you've got Roden well than Dyer. If one of them loses form, or two, if two of them lose form, one of them gets injured or something, then all of a sudden you're panicking. Yeah, it's it's like you have any players. So I think we've got yeah. to be very careful in January to not, not do too much. Yeah, you're right. I think January is just a strengthening or just adding options more than anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's not one of those ones where we should be signing anyone. I mean, and Christian Eriksen, I, I personally wouldn't have him back because, not because I. I've got any sort of dislike or anything like that. He's been a brilliant, brilliant player for Tottenham. Like, genuinely, if you were doing a, a, a Tottenham team of the decade from 2010 to 2020, he's in it. Like, there's. Him and Kane are the first names on this. On the you know, show. Like, he's a brilliant, brilliant player. And, like, a, uh, especially when we're talking a lot about Tottenham's identity, like a Tottenham player. He is. Like, he really is a Tottenham player. Um, so I wouldn't. But I just think that the way he left. It's difficult for him to come back. Are oh, you getting a properly motivated guy? And it's mm-hmm. like we we talk about our job, you know, relating this to your job. Like if you were to go back to the place you first started, it's like, are you going there for the right reasons, or are you going there for like a comfort thing because it hasn't worked out somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, break, you break up with a girlfriend and it doesn't work, and then you find someone else and it's quite nice, but it doesn't work out, and then you look back and you go, ah, oh, there's comfort there. Yeah. And you do, you don't remember all the bad stuff. It's, and also, it's like you forget with Ericsson that he hasn't really played well for 18 months, probably even longer than that now. It was like, 18 months for us. Yeah. And it was a year for him. Plus it's, like, it's a long, long time since he's been at his peak. And it's like, what do you do, what do, you do at this point? And it, it's, so it's like, I'm not sure. And again, the way that the way that football's evolved in the last year, where does he really play now? Because number 10, the that, that free roaming creative material doesn't really exist in a lot of sides anymore. So it's mm-hmm. like, again, where does he play? Well, I, it would have to be where Stephen Bergwijn plays, right? In in, mm. in as part of the front three, which is where he played his best work for us, where it was him. The, the absolute pinnacle of us was what? Kane, Son, Ericsson as a front three, and then those three just rotating. So you didn't know how to pick them up. And then behind them was what? Delhi? No. Um, Dembele, Wanyama, Soko, or Wanyama. Because that was it. Because that last year at White Hot Lane, where we played wing backs, the front three was Delhi, Ericsson, Kane. Yes. Yeah. It's not pace there. No, Do you know what I mean? All. It's not really. It's just clever footballers. But again, this is where like the game's changed now, and it's just like it's like Ericsson, Ozil. Like imagine like Van der Vaart now. Like he wouldn't get oh, in yeah. it. It's like it just it wouldn't happen, would it? Like. I know we said in the free agent roster there, like Mkhitaryan, but brilliant creative midfielder. 
where does he really where does he really play in in, in the modern mm-hmm. games like that those number tens like are, are just not a position anymore like it's just no. not it's like there's no reason why in 80 months the game won't evolve again and all of a sudden you know you want them back but like it, the football changes and you go back to a few years ago like when Mourinho went back to Chelsea for the second time and he if that was when everyone played 4-2-3-1 and you had like three number 10s but you didn't have yeah, winners yeah. and yeah. it was just lots of like small yeah. creative players and everyone I mean we tried to do it with AVB didn't we where you had like Sigurdsson um, Van der Vaart Chadley. Yeah. it wasn't those wingers it's just those sort of like creative players so there's no reason why it won't be different, but I just look at Ericsson and think I don't know where what side he would get in now. Tell you, it. I feel quite happy for Andros Townsend because you know he he is a a winger in a four four two mould, like yeah. an out and out winger. But now the the four three three can come in, and he can and he can cut in on his left foot if he's played on the right. It actually worked for him quite well. And after he just didn't work for us, and it was nice to see him. And it just it wasn't right, but it just feels like it's about his time now, and especially with all these fullbacks. I just I I think not enough people talk about Klopp maybe changing the game a little bit because it was all about Pep and Tiki Taka, and then the response to that was Mourinho and the defensive nature and the utter strength through the it's middle. German, it's German football now, isn't it? Because it's like it's Klopp in the yeah. Premier, and it's Bayern Munich on the world stage, like, mm. and they're the sides that you're like actually you know this is. This is what football is at the minute. Um, what do you think next? Say it again. What do you think's next? I would love to see two strikers again. Like, it's difficult. It's, it's been but, years. But two strikers, like not too, not too many years ago, was making the way back because everyone was playing a back three, mm. and it was yeah. like you had that front three with two to the, or you had two out and out strikers. So it's like, I'm not sure. I think that. I think that there'll come a point again where the, it, the Pep style will sort of like double back around again. And, and that yeah, will become, yeah. at the minute, foot, there aren't that many brilliant footballers. There's like a lot of yeah. fantastic athletes that are good at football. Basically, there's a lot of Jordan Hendersons, but there aren't yeah. that many David Silvers. And it's like the way football is at the minute, where it's so stop, start, stop, start. There's so many games. It's like, Fitness has just become such a big part of it, and that yeah. high press. Like, imagine playing four four two and having like Henderson, that Goretzka, as your centre midfielders. Like, he's a weird one, Goretzka. Like, he definitely ought taken something. <laughs> but it's just not normal. For anyone that doesn't know, just type in Bayern Munich Goretzka, and it will show you all the articles of what he looked like when we went into lockdown in March, and then what he looked like in April. And it was just like bail, didn't it? There's all these rumours about. That's the Spanish way, isn't it? Because if you have a look at the amount of City players that started to go bald, um, like David Silva shaved his head, Carl Walker shaved his head, yeah. and Aguero started doing his hair. And you have a look at there's, there's you just search Bale before and after Real Madrid. Bale was a skinny child when he left us, and then he got absolutely ripped at Real Madrid. And he, he's going bald. That's why he's yeah. got his bun because it, it covers a, a he's thinning quite a lot. So yeah, there's definitely something going on, and that that's that's what um, Wenger talks about about. Oh no, ignore me. That was some, not something else. Um, yeah, football football's just an interesting... It's just interesting at the minute, isn't it? Because it feels like it's very addictive and that there's a lot which we love still there, but it feels like it's it's the the love, the heart, the spirit of football is being sold out of it to, to VAR, to mm. trying to be over-accurate. To, but then just... this is where the argument for me with that is... 
this is a great time in theory for Jose Mourinho, where yeah, football sure. become robotic, it's not emotional. You can't play off fans like it's just about knowing your job and executing it. Mm. There's, like I said, the stats that that you ran through earlier do suggest that it's still not a million miles away. It's like what, you, yeah. cut those, you cut those stupid moments out. Like if Aurier doesn't, it's just one isolated case. Aurier doesn't give that, um, doesn't do that mistake against Leicester. Like, is that what happens in that game? Like, obviously, no one has the answer. You don't know yeah, what happens yeah. in the game, but it's like he did well, make Wolves, in the game changes. Well, Wolves as well. If I, don't, I can't remember who was track, who was meant to be tracking his man, but if Sanchez tracked the the runner for the header for the the goal against us, we would have won one nil after holding out <laughs> for eighty nine minutes, and we would be talking about another win would be third. And that's, that's it. That, that's how mad different. it is at the minute. Like it's such fine margins, and like we, if we win our next three league games, we'll be second most likely. And it's oh, like yeah. if you lose your next three, you could be fourteenth. They're like, very good, right? Jack Grealish is my oh, favourite player in the Premier League. I honestly, he's, he's world class in the sense of I don't know many teams that talking about number tens. He's almost that mob, but he's so good as the the silver player that you were talking about. He because he sort of drifts all over the place. He's 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 absolutely brilliant. I would go all out for him. Like someone was saying, he'd be seventy million now. I think that's a bargain. If you have a look at Pepe, cost seventy million. Is he worth two Devinson Sanchez? Yeah, he <laughs> really, really, really. He's a he's a brilliant. I know he's been injured, but. At the start of the season, I thought the real difference at Villa was them getting Ross Barkley. Mm. Just because look, Ross Barkley isn't as good a player as Jack Grealish, but Grealish at Villa is Zaha at Palace. When mm. you play them, stop that player. You stop yeah. them, game over. Whereas all of a sudden, what's, what's going on at Villa is they've brought in Barkley on loan and they've brought Ollie Watkins in up front, who were individually not sensational players, decent Premier League players, but they're good enough and smart enough to understand that they can exploit space that's left because teams teams are doubling up on their best player. And the way Grealish and Barkley were linking up, especially at the start of the season, was just like, unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Look, I think Villa, Villa are having the best season out of anyone in the Premier League. Like They are doing so yeah. well. They stayed up just last year. And now they're in, as the league stands at the minute, they're in the hunt for Champions League football. Do you know what I mean? That's not way to go, but they're, they're doing it unbelievable. And that'll be a tough game when we play them. Leeds will be tough, yeah. tough. Like every single game is going to be tough for us at the minute. But we've just got to make sure that we bounce back. And when we're podding in a few days' time, we're sat here saying what a brilliant victory it was against Leeds and we're in a cup final. You know? That's what, that's that's what, that's what next week needs to be. So I'm a bit sad that it's not going to be the chat makes that, you know, hey, you're going to get a ticket, you got a ticket, you're going, what are you doing? Like, we're not going to have that because we're not. No one could be in, in, a, in a crowd, so that would be a bit of a shame. But hopefully we can do it. I'd love to beat City or United. I know City love this this thing. I'd love I'd love a trophy. It'd be it just we're just at the point now where we need it. So yeah. fingers right. for a couple of a couple of victories this week, and then uh, looking ahead to a cup final podcast this yeah. time next week. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody at home for listening. Uh, hope that you enjoyed it. Fingers crossed for two wins, but remember, whatever does happen, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you swears. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised, until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well... 
They're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.